Hello and welcome to Professional Disaster. It's the spooky season, but there's no need to fear. I'm Matt Norman. I'm Will Hebner. And this is the podcast where, once again, we return from the grave. No, sorry. <laughs> I, got, I got things a little confused here. Only, only Jesus returned from the grave, bro. I was getting a little too into the to the season. This this episode's going to release on Halloween, so it's oh, uh, it's, it's kind of exciting. A little, you know, I'm not I'm not a huge Halloween fan, admittedly. You know, it's fine for what it is, but it's just not never really been one of my favorite. You and, don't like the spooky. Yeah. So I think that's why I just didn't have it when it came time to really embrace <laughs> the the spooky the spooky uh, introduction. I was just like, no, I got to be me, and I'm Matt Norman, like I said before. <laughs> And I'm still Will Hebner. <laughs> you know what I do love about Halloween, though? At its core, it it really comes from this holiday from Mexico that's Dia de Muerta. Yes. And I'm probably saying that wrong. That's fine. I'm not, I don't know Spanish. You so. said it convincingly. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> and it is really about remembering those loved ones that have passed on, which which I think is pretty awesome. So, but speaking of, Loved ones that have passed on. Yes, exactly. Ice cream. <laughs> yes, perfect segue. <laughs> we are doing something on the podcast that we have never done before. We are asking you guys a question, but we ourselves are not answering it because we want to hear what you think. What do you got to say? That's right. So if you guys have got an amazing idea about ice cream, like... What's a flavor of ice cream that hasn't been created yet, but that you think would make an amazing ice cream mm. flavor? We want to hear all about it. Tell us about it. Email us at profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. Yeah, so if you like email us and say, man, chocolate explosion. Hey. I'm pretty sure that exists. It does exist. Um, <laughs> and when my son Jeffrey came up with that idea, we had to let him know that it exists. But at the same time, great I, name. Great what? name for oh, an dude, ice cream. Dude, there's nothing that gets me more excited about eating ice cream than the word explosion. <laughs> it's, it's exploding in your mouth, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, that sounds fantastic. Well, listen, guys, here's what's going to happen. If you email us and you send in a flavor and we think it's the best, you have a chance of winning a $10 gift card to Dairy Queen. Or if you have no Dairy Queen near you, all you got to do is let us know and we will hook you up with $10 that you can use to get ice cream. So please take advantage of this. Send us a flavor. Even if you can't think of a good one, send us a ridiculous one so that we can laugh and we'll share it on air. You saying this reminded me of a little bit of feedback that we did get about our ice cream contest. My brother, Zach, who lives in the far off land of Maryland, <laughs> said to me, uh, he just started the week's pod. This must have been last week, right? And he said uh, that he thought... When we started to say if there was no Dairy Queen near us, he said he thought that we were going to build a Dairy Queen there. <laughs> that would be awesome. And I'm like, this would be a lucrative opportunity for us to parlay our podcast into a Dairy Queen franchise that yeah, we spread across, <laughs> across the nation. Then we can just record at Dairy Queen and eat ice cream at the same time. <laughs> This is it's all of our goals yeah, coming like, together. The live podcast, yes. ice cream. <laughs> Uh, sponsorship. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, shout out. Me and Matt have discussed potentially doing a live podcast. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if you think that's a good idea, email us at profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. Matt, again, it's what? That's profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. Say what? 
That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I thought you were asking me to say it again at first, but yeah, no, it's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Speaking of awesome, it's time for our no sponsored icebreaker question because we forgot to come up with a new one. Ah, guys, it's terrible. Mountain Dew Baja Blast apparently doesn't like it when you say it's time no. to get blasted, and so they pulled their sponsorship. I'm, I'm devastated by this. Well, um, I still love Mountain Dew Baja Blast, though. We're Please just come back. We're just not getting blasted this yeah. week. Oh, well, that's, that's okay. That's I guess, too bad. I guess we could just ask each other questions even if we're not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, but that's not as fun. we got to come up with another awesome sponsor. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Probably next week. <laughs> Maybe not. We could also forget again. All right, I'll get us started off because I think Matt's Matt's got something groundbreaking for us. So I have, uh, I have a first for ooh, us. But... A first episode twenty six, and we're at a first. Oh, That's yeah. exciting. All right, my my question is two parts, and one might be a touch more difficult than the other. I don't okay. I don't know, and it's okay if like your your answer is not doesn't fit within the, the boundaries of the question. Okay. 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 And maybe that'll make sense when we ask it. Okay. Here we go. Is there a book that you've read mm. that you would love to see them make a movie out of? Okay. And I want to ask the opposite because this is what led me to ask the question. Is there a movie that isn't based on a book that you would, you'd be like, man, I wish there was, I wish there was a book to this movie because I want more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm, great question. Great question. So uh, the second part might be a little bit easier for me to answer first, because you're right. There are some things where there's such a world that's been created. And it's like, I yeah. want to dig deeper. I immediately thought of the John Wick universe and how mm. cool it would be to oh, read. Yeah. And you get to hear, get some of his internal monologue a little bit yeah, as yeah, he's yeah, going yeah. along there. Cause that's the thing about John Wick is that he's in a lot of ways, very opaque, right? Stoic. You know, you do, yeah. Stoic. That's a great word. That's a perfect word for it. Yeah. Um, and so it would be probably a really interesting writing challenge. It might fail totally as well because that is part of his appeal. So I don't know if seeing inside <laughs> his his head would be good. Well, but this guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he, he does doesn't not, talk. No, but I mean, I can imagine I can imagine some really cool stuff where you're getting it from his perspective, how he's seeing somebody coming at him and he knows exactly how to anticipate mm. them uh, and their and their kick or something like that. And he knows exactly how to block it or he's driving a car and another car is coming out and he knows exactly how to swerve out of the way. You know, all that really cool cinematography that we see in the movies would be yeah. amazing to also maybe read a procedural or, a, a you know, a case that he was on before he got out of the game or something like that. You know, back way back when, uh, a prequel of sorts. And I think that that movie series lends itself to creating, like you said, this incredible world. Yeah, exactly, of, exactly. Of assassins, and I think that there, there's so many directions. Like the the guy that runs the hotel. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's so many different, like, re like with the Continental, mm -hmm. and you know, I, that could be. Are really cool. 
the the thing that's cool about that series in particular is just that it's so like every character that pops up you get the sense that they have like a really interesting backstory to them and yeah. we, we really only usually see like a small sliver of it like the mm. was it in four was four the one with the guy that was that was blind but also an amazing yeah, assassin yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. they start to run together i mean they're all really good but they they do run together just a little bit sometimes and it's like well you know that he has I mean, amazing stories to tell if they wanted to to tell them as well, just because that's yeah. such a such an amazing concept. Well, sometimes it feels like movies do that. They intentionally give you a, a taste of somebody else's story, almost like with the possibility of, well, depending on how this goes, we mm -hmm. may we may branch off and do a yeah yeah you know give him his own movie in this in this universe we live in a world of you know um ip intellectual property where they uh want to <laughs> thank you for explaining that yeah it's just like maybe i'll maybe i'll i'll I, I would find my phrases there i thought you were going to say ip address so uh, i was going <laughs> to live in a world of ip addresses that's well, true that's too true. <laughs> yeah uh, but you know they're always trying to make the big franchise and then the side stories and create a shared universe of yeah. characters yeah. and and if that can make um whatever company it is that's doing um um, um john wick i don't actually remember off the top of my head which yeah. is probably a good thing yeah that's okay <laughs> um that's a good that's a really good that's a really so, good question here's Here's my response, and you can think about the other part of this yeah, question. The question. I, for some reason, I love the character of Newt's commander. Oh, okay. And that's the, a, the fantastic, <laughs> the Fantastic Beast movies are not like it's in the world of Harry yeah. Potter. It's before the world of Harry Potter, but there is not really a source material for the story, and I just, I just feel like. You get taste of it in the movies yeah. of like his time at Hogwarts and some of those other things. And like, I can't, I can't even begin to explain how much I love that character. In fact, mm -hmm. the movies I don't even know are like beyond subpar. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. Some of them are really good. And some of them, I think they all have really, really good moments. But I think most of the really, really good moments for me is when it involves Newt and kind of this journey of how these magical creatures are so important to this world and important to the story. And I think they do a good job with that. And I just think that like it, and, and some of this is cause I'm reading uh, Harry Potter with Mainland right now. And when you watch the, the movies and then read the books, like yeah. there's so much, like there's so much more going on that you didn't know happened. And it's so exciting. And, and for some reason I am way more apt to finish a book because I liked a movie than to, to mm -hmm. than to just pick up a random book and read it, you yeah. know, cause I know, I know at least where it's going to go and I know that I like where it's going to go. And yeah. so it's easier for me to, and obviously, you know, Malin just asked me to read it to her. So <laughs> just trying to be a good dad, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? It doesn't hurt, right? That's yeah. a nice little side bonus there. That is a great answer for the, exactly the same reason that you said. You know, the books are so much more, I don't know, just complete, right? Their story yeah. is more complete. The characters are more well-rounded and complete. And they have their quirks that just because of the amount of screen time that there is, you don't get a real good chance to see. But, man, I would love to just get deeper into uh, a lot of the characters, yes, uh, definitely Newt, who I think is also like a really, really cool yeah. character. And one of the things that's interesting about him is that when, you know, kind of, kind of when, at least the first time that I watched uh, Fantastic Beasts Somewhere to Find Them, I was kind of like, I was, 
and, and I think this is very intentional. These are intentional choices made by the actor, right? You're a little put off by him. You yeah. know, you see him as this odd Yeah, awkward. And, uh, and, and so it would be a blast just to get it, again, from his perspective and really kind of see what he's going through. And can, how I, it... can I ask you a super personal question? Okay, yes. Do you think that there's now this is this is a bit extreme I, I apologize but is there a sense of this story at least in the second and third movie that you re, you really relate to in the sense of the relationship between Newt and his brother Theseus mm. just in in previous podcasts you know you've you've mentioned about being a little bit more shy and a little bit more uh, reserved mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you're your brother's not always that yeah. way. And I, I don't know. I just kind of connected that and didn't know if that was meaningful to you or if you'd I, ever even thought of that. Yeah. I never thought about that. Not, I mean, I do. I, I, whenever I watch, I'm not trying to say you're awkward, an like commander. <laughs> but just shy. Well, yeah. you used to, you say you used to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and that still, that still comes through. Although I had a really interesting experience uh, the other day where I was, um, I was at a conference and I and I and I went right up to the presenter and, and shook his hand and, and thanked him for doing really? it. And I was like, that's something I never would have done yeah. ten years ago. I would have just shyly shuffled off to the back after he got done. I just was really I didn't spelled. know if you were gonna say, I yeah. found a lizard and I picked it up and I yeah. took it outside. And, and it's like <laughs> and I do have a phoenix in my in my backyard. There is that part too. I just come to think of it. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that that's really cool. I would have to you know, I, I'm having you know what's really weird is I'm having a little bit of trouble remembering some of the beats of that relationship. Mm. in between I, I i between those two characters i've just recently watched all three movies because oh, okay. <laughs> i malin's really enjoyed um harry potter and i thought i wonder if it would be okay for her to watch these as part of the reason why i started and the first one's a little sketchy because there's some there's some death stuff in it yeah. that's maybe yeah. a little too much for her but yeah, one one of these days. You know, what's interesting is that the relationship between Newt and Dumbledore is really powerful yeah, yeah, yeah. too. I mean, like the way that Newt gains Dumbledore's respect so yeah. so fully through the course yeah. of those movies because he is exceedingly noble, really altruistic, right? You know, he's, he's selfless and as yeah. well and, and has such empathy. And, and Dumbledore, I, we talked about this uh, last week, it's like Dumbledore's really feeling the pull of like, you know, I could... I, I am the most powerful wizard alive. You know, I, yeah. I, I could do whatever I wanted, but I, I mustn't. You know, I cannot. Yeah. Uh, and these, you know, there's just a lot that's there. He sees something in Newt that he himself does not, yeah. you know, he has to like constantly be on guard for. It. So that's a really cool thing, which a little bit off track. But no, uh, that's all right. Is, is there any books that you wish there was? Movies for so that, that, I'm sure there are countless ones that that I could uh, I could think of, but here's one one that that could happen actually someday. But you know they're they're gonna come out with a new X Men movie, mm. right? You know that that's coming someday. Um, whether it's after they reboot the Marvel Universe or something like that, I don't know. Um, but there, we've been getting all these teases in the Marvel. But anyway, there's this really good run of X Men comics that came out um, 2019, so kind of like right before the pandemic. And House it, of M. It's the uh, it, no. it, it's a uh, 
I took not, a shot. I took a shot in the dark. No, not House of M. Although that would be a cool story to see yeah. uh, it, on the screen as well. Yeah, uh, no more mutants and and like this world of mutants. Imagine, yeah, really cool stuff there. But it's it's in some ways there's a there's kind of an interesting thematic connection though. It's called House of X and Powers of X, and it basically reimagines the X Men. They start their own civilization on the island of Krakoa, and they basically they gain sovereignty as their own nation by the exchange of like these miracle drugs that you know through uh you know their their mutant powers they're able to create and it basically cures cancer and all disease mm. and all of these kinds of things and there's something kind of there's this kind of like insidious undercurrent underneath it yeah but it, but that's also kind of part of the point too it's because they are so different that even yeah. you as the reader are supposed to kind of mistrust them a little bit and it's just it's just really well done in the meanwhile they've got you know they've got the classic x-men team cyclops and and wolverine and um gene gray back in kind of more like her marvel girl kind of persona Normal. and stuff yeah and and like all of your favorites you know they're still doing like x-men uh adventures and things too but there's yeah, you know yeah, there's some cool. really cool stuff there yeah. about that that i think would just be this really we we already saw some pretty good X-Men movies where they're in that more classic version in the Xavier, you know, school for the gifted and everything. It would be really cool to see one where they they do something just radically different. And that's a really good storyline there. Yeah. My, my answer to this question is kind of silly because I read a book a long time ago that I really loved called dragon weather. And oh, that's right. Yeah. If they made the movie, I probably wouldn't be able to watch it because it's about an orphan that's raised in a brothel. <laughs> Yeah, and he he's orphaned because of dragons, and so he makes it his life mission to, you know, want to kill dragons. And it's a it's a really really good story. But obviously, when you're reading it, it is a lot different than the visual aspect of what that is. And yeah, yeah we're not, I'm not a, I'm not about that in my life. So that's okay. tough. All right, man, that's tough. Okay, you ready for a first? I'm ready for. I'm ready for you to break the ice. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. So uh, this is a two-part question. First part is, do you like those kinds of random chips that they make that are different flavors and varieties and sometimes kind of strange things? Why am I worried you're about to pull a bag of chips out of here? <laughs> you are about to pull. <laughs> I am about to pull out a bag of chips. That's right. All right. So, And I do have a water bottle, too. In case you need to wash it down. Oh my gosh! Here we go. This is—is is this just a first? Because we're about to con consume we're, products. We're doing a taste test of sorts on here. I'm going to give you a choice. Are these okay? spicy? These are spicy. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, uh, so th these are ones that my wife Tara dynamite acquired. Sticks. Yes, they're these. Uh, dy hey guys, dynamita this... sticks. Hey, this this is now turned into the Doritos dynamite icebreaker questions. Are you ready to get blasted? <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to get blasted so, by these dynamita sticks. <laughs> so basically, are what you're telling me is that the hotness level is random? It's so weird because, uh, like, I would think, like, I have two flavors here. One is called smoky chile queso, and one is called hot honey mustard. And I would have thought this one was much hotter. Uh, I'm holding up the smoky chile. Uh, I thought yeah, that one you're, would you're be hot, hotter. Your hot tolerance is much higher than mine is that right okay so that that's one of the questions that i wanted to ask yeah. as well i'm, as I'm still willing to, to try but okay. I, so which which one do you th okay let's ask the audience 
email us what you think. <laughs> no, we're, we're, I'm just kidding. We're about to tell you right now. That's right. But what and, What do you think? Out of these two flavors, smoky chili queso, or what's the other honey? Hot honey mustard. Hot honey mustard. Which so, Which do you think is is I, up my? It's a great question. I think I found hot honey mustard to be much hotter than the than the smoky chili. Mm. Um, but um, I liked the hot honey mustard more. The flavor so, is better. Huh? So I'm kind of I'm kind of curious how you'll how you'll find them. And it, and if you really have, I don't want to make you force force you oh, to take these. Oh no no these, no! Uh, I, here, let, let me see this the smoky chili because. Not only am I leaning now towards smoky chili based on the fact that you said it's not as hot, but uh, I think for sure I'm I've never really been a fan of honey mustard flavor. So that's the same thing Tara said. She's she just does not like it, and I I can understand that too. These are a weird shape. Yes, they are. They're they're these sticks, uh, and I thought that they were going to be like those hollow sticks. Hollow. They're not hollow. No, it's they more are like not. Uh, it's more like what is it? Andy's hot fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a lot like those. Yeah. That's a good reference. Getting a good crunch into the mic there. Yeah. <laughs> For our listeners with uh, misophonia, you can uh, skip. It's starting to start to get back in the throat. <laughs> it's not. It's. I mean, it's it's warm, but I'm not. Yeah. It's like it's like fine. I I took a bite of that one, and I, I mean, was I'm like, sweating right like, now. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I'm curious what your thoughts are about this because I, when I tasted the smoky chili one, there was like a slight, there was a slight artificial flavor to it that, that kind of I, I thought I got when I had like my. I, I definitely taste the, the lime for sure, strong. Yeah, yep, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I, dude, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. What I do kinda, you think? I kind of feel like I should try the other one too. You should try the other one. Yes, this is true. I mean, if the other one's just a little bit hotter. It's a little bit hotter, although, yeah, you should probably just try it. <laughs> that was not <laughs> That was not reassuring. For our listeners, I gave hey. kind of a furtive glance off to Was say, like, am I about to lie to my friend? <laughs> <laughs> Crunch into chaos. Explode with flavor. Hot honey mustard. I mean, can we... Can we Oh, I didn't even I was saying it wrong. It's not dynamite sticks. It's I, I the only way I can I, think it's dynamita. Dynamita. Yeah. Dynamita. Dynamita. Yeah, that dynamita must be dynamita sticks. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a horrible name. Dynamita yeah. sticks. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for. Uh, well, I'm just there. gonna say thank you for bringing me water because mm-hmm. I would I would be a lot more concerned. But let's let's. I thought it would be a terrible thing to do. Wow. Whoa, that's nasty. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Dude, it tastes like wasabi. That's true. Yeah, I don't disagree. It's it's crazy. It does not that, taste like hot honey mustard no, or what I would think it, it is. It tastes like crap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that one's hot. I thought the other ones were hotter. Okay. All right. I thought the hot honey mustard one, that one actually kind of made my eyes water a little bit what? after I had it. Yeah. It is pretty fantastic listening to the crunch. So sorry. What, to what our if listeners. what if we were what if like we we're not actually eating these? <laughs> we just have crunch special effects. Like, Here I'm eating another one. Oh, we're going. Oh, 
anymore. So, oh, oh man, thanks so for silly. thanks for still listening. <laughs> I think it's I think it's time to to move on to the disaster at hand. What do you think? I think so too. We're getting a quick a quick uh, little uh, refresh there. Yeah, drink, drink some water so my throat doesn't seize. But that's mm. I, I, I like the the chili ones have a really good taste to them. I. It's interesting to me. They, I mean, very similar to like the Andy's hot fries, like the yes, texture yes. and taste. That was that was a perfect comparison. I hadn't thought about that till you mentioned it. But yeah, you're exactly right. You know, it's that 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 really crunchy. You know, man, that that nice small form factor for the for those little packageable fries like that that's cool yeah well our disaster at hand admittedly is going to have hopefully not too extensive of a of a setup but yeah you know me <laughs> pastor can be a little wordy that's that's too bad so i not that this is going to come as a shock to anybody but i think a lot about the state of the church now, uh, where it's headed and what the future church will look like, because, uh, I mean, we're all, I mean, we're not going to be here forever, so mm -hmm. we're going to mm -hmm. pass away. And at some point it's job, it's, it's our job, uh, for our generation. To, and, and I don't know that I would say that our generation is probably slowly picking up the baton or the baton is being passed to us. I think probably a majority of our churches are still run by a, not a millennial generation. Right. I think that's um, true. And so I'm whether I should or not, I'm already thinking about what it looks like to pass the church on to the next generation and and so we want to get into talking about generational differences and I think that the biggest danger, Matt, is that sometimes we talk about general, I mean, generation differences in the sense of one being superior to another. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's stupid because right. it's not really any generation's fault to, to be raised the way that we're raised in the context in which they were raised. Because obviously the, the generation after us, which... I call Gen Z. I, I'm sure there's other names for it, mm -hmm. but they're going to be the first generation that has always known smartphones and right. internet. And, you know, we, we grew up in a time where that innovation came to us while we were teenagers, mm -hmm. uh, at least for me. And so I, 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 I don't know we, we all have different contexts in which we grew up. And so to, to see one as superior to another, I, I think is a little bit foolish to to be able to to look at a generation and point out maybe some uh, flaws or things that are, you know, could be different or better. Like, I have no problem with that, you know, sure. cause, mostly because I don't feel like I fit in that well with <laughs> with my generation, which is fine. But what does that look like in, as far as the effect on the church? And a lot of what I've been thinking about lately in, in my own mind is what does it look like to pass that on? And how is the church going to have to change in order to reach the next generation? And I know that a lot of times our, our mentality is, you know, the music changes, you know, the methodology changes, the the, the but the truth is the doctrine never changes. Um, the truth never changes. It's just how we present that truth yeah. 
is what changes. And, and one of the big differences for me is obviously our generation and the generation younger than us, probably more so than any other generation has an extreme mistrust of leadership. Oh yeah. And for good reason. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I, I think that it, it, it can be foolish, but I also understand why. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> there's, there's a lot of good reasons why. And so I think that giving money to leadership is a really difficult task. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've thought a lot about what missions looks like in the church in the future. And it probably means less giving money and more actually doing. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that the younger generation is more eager to go and actually be and make the impact themselves impact, yeah. than, than other generations have before. And, and both, I think both things are needed. So it's not that the money uh, or the generation that gives more money is better than the generation that, you know, does more physically. But I, I don't know, man, T talk to me. I, I'm trying to, I mean, obviously the, the way that we want to word this, this question is how, how do generational changes affect the way our society works? Yeah. Um, how does it impact you? How does it impact the way that you teach? Kind of, kind of, wherever you want, wherever you want, yeah, wherever you want to take it. <laughs> no, I think I think the thing that you said uh, somewhere, kind of in the middle of that, that was really really key is I think that um, it's 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 kind of about it's about changing the way that we relate whatever it is that we need to do to the next generation. So when I think about um, I'll, I'll keep it in the church for just a moment, at least. And when I think about the things that are like important to people and what their life circumstances are like, it, are like it's just you know it's it, it's not going to be the same stuff that it was 20 years ago. You know that's just that's not going to be the case as far as you know what people have uh, have possibly seen or lived through. They've been exposed to different kinds of things through uh, through social media and the internet. A lot of them are coming from homes that are very different looking than like your your kind of traditional um, you know nuclear family uh, uh, upbringing. And that's not to say that there are uh, that those things haven't been happening. You know, for for however many generations either, but it's just it's more common, I think, for a larger variety of viewpoints and perspectives to be there in a conversation like about uh, faith and about like what a relationship with Jesus Christ means for somebody. And so I think that that becomes really important because, you know, people and we've talked about this in other situations, people will find their faith in something if they feel like they can and it you know there are many more opportunities and avenues for that than than ever before right yeah. you know it whether it's in like some sort of you know um there, there are a lot of different things that I'm thinking about. It's all swirling around in my head, whether it's something like really, really heartbreaking, like like drugs or some, you know, some sort of addiction or something yeah. like that, or whether it's just in, you know, like the kind of dopamine infused experience that comes from being online in the 21st century, mm, you know, yeah. like through influencers and being an influencer in, uh, you know, on YouTube or TikTok or, you know, whatever it is, I think, you know, one, one side note to your question, I don't know if we'll get into this too much today, but it's just like, I think a lot of the, 
the the things that people are familiar with are so much more different than they were in previous generations, right? The access that people have to you know what's funny, funny about what you just said, yeah, is that it's almost comical, and I'm not saying that it's it's not warranted. I've already said that, but I just want to reiterate that. But it's almost comical how the generations now have mistrust for leadership but so many people are so trusting of information that they oh, find yeah. Yeah, sure. online <laughs> like that has i mean to which some information you find online has no accountability yeah i think there's something to be said about that because i i yeah is it to... is it part of that that scripture that says that um there is a generation that will rise up that, and I don't know, the generation is the wrong word, but uh, anybody, all generations do this, where you, people will rise up and find for themselves yeah. people who are going to say with their itching ears. That's what, I, that's what I was just like thinking, when right? I'm, when I'm watching something and they, they say something that I agree with it, then I'm just going to take it as truth. And again, I think parents used to be so worried about that coming from, you know, like television, right? You know, yeah. but television is uh, in and of itself a relatively rigid, you know, stream of information, right? You have certain shows on at certain times, you have certain channels that parents can kind of like safeguard their children from being exposed to, you know, there, they, there's a little bit more capability to control these types of things. I think the internet just really changes the equation because, uh, I was about to say students. I don't know why I was thinking about that. Probably because my son, you know, my son Sam is a student, and you know, he gets he gets you know information from his uh, his classmates about things that uh, you know Maybe I would not necessarily want him to know about. And it's <laughs> and it's right there. It's on yeah. his it's on his Chromebook, and and you know he has a. Uh, he has an old Chromebook that he got when finishing up fifth grade, and we let him sometimes uh, play, uh, you know, really, really simple, like, Flash games on it. You know, nothing, nothing like, super violent, nothing with too much of a narrative or anything like that. But there's really very little there for us to stop him from, you know, yeah. sneaking off and, and checking out some other stuff, especially on a site like YouTube, you know, oh, which yeah. is just, you know, anything, everything algorithmically is, uh, you know, linked in a way where you just click the wrong one and then now suddenly you're, you're you know, up next pain is like filled with all kinds of like really Garbage. strange stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that that presence of additional information that makes it really easy for that very classic, very understandable inclination of a younger generation to want to be the counter culture, the counter example to the generation before. I think yeah. every generation feels that to some degree. I'm going to do things differently than what was done before. And sometimes that is fine. You know, there are always things like, like you were saying, there are always things that we can probably improve upon from one generation yeah. to the next. But, but and it's then there silly. are other times where it goes like, just just really ignoring you yeah know, and wisdom. that's that's exactly what i was just about to say is that it's it's silly to throw everything out yeah yeah you know I, I think in our in our own like desire as parents like we want our kids to be yeah. be better than us but it doesn't mean doing everything different you know one of the things that i think is really interesting about this idea especially in my position as a pastor is that I have an older generation that, not all, but I would say some, would prefer me to preach in a way that is described as hellfire and brimstone. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. as far as like punch me in the face, tell me I'm going to hell, tell me I got to do things differently. Yeah, you know, it's almost like the football coach mentality. Like get out there and say you're an idiot. You should have blocked that. You should have done. You know, like that yeah. that mentality. And to my point, that's the reason I quit football. Oh because yeah, right. I was so frustrated that somebody couldn't just tell me what I was doing wrong. Like, why are you already yelling at me? You, Mm -hmm. you haven't corrected me once yet. So tell me what I'm doing wrong and give me a chance to respond. And then you can yell at me. And, and to my point, I think our generation and younger fear tactics didn't work. Yeah. You know, that's what was tried on me at least uh, is that, you know, when I was in school, it's like, hey, if you have sex, you're going to get AIDS or you're going to get somebody pregnant. If you drink and you go to a party, you're you're going to get in a car and you're going to get in an accident. You're going to be dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it mm-hmm. was like, how how can we scare the living daylights out oh, of yeah. you and use fear to control your behavior? Well, it didn't work. Yeah. Because there was a group of kids that got drunk and had a good time. And they're like, what are these people talking about? Nothing bad happened. We're yeah. fine. Or they had sex and, you know, that, that didn't, it didn't lead to all the things they said it was going to lead to. Yeah. And I, I think that we have to go to this generation logically and say, no, 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 no. It's not about fear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about heaven. You know, I, I don't want to scare you into obeying God for the for the purpose of hoping for some reward it's more so no 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 no. jesus has a way of life that is is better yeah and life's going to be easier for you so it's it's not about fear it's about what do you or it's a different type of fear like we talked about before it's mm-hmm. a it's the fear of what i'm missing out on because i'm not living the way my creator asked me to what, what it sounds like you're describing to me and I might be I might be oversimplifying it a little bit but there's this kind of thing where we had a an experience you know where it felt like people were were, were talking down to us right you know yeah. and and that was that was really you're an idiot if yeah. you do this and and just don't do this because it's bad for you you know don't do this because i said so essentially is what it felt like anyway and i'm not yeah. saying that's what it always was necessarily but that's certainly what it feels like and i think what we're finding you know as i think about it as i think about it from the college perspective because the same thing is true in education right you know do this because you are going to need it you know at the next level of schooling or you'll need it you know when you get into your job or something like that and what's really interesting is that, um, thanks to the wonders of technology, that might not actually be as true in that format, right? You know, it's like, I can't just say, well, you're going to need to write this way because, you know, you have to write this way in whatever job you're going to have. Well, that that may or may not be the case, right? You're certainly not gonna, yeah. going to need to write essays in whatever job that you're writing with a, with an introduction and a conclusion paragraph and, you know, the five paragraph essay structure or anything like that. And people are smart to that. So it's like, if I try that, what am I going to get? I'm going to get people that roll their eyes at me and they're not going to believe me for anything else mm. that I say. And there's just a lot more. The boy that cried wolf. <laughs> the boy that cried wolf. Yeah. I, uh... The adults that. <laughs> that 
I don't know. <laughs> the adults that cried uh, thesis statements. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I flipped it accidentally there. Yeah, but, it's uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but, but you know, it's kind of a, an interesting thing where I've realized that my approach, and this has been especially true ever since, and I, I promise we'll go, we'll probably go one episode where I don't mention chat GPT, I'm sure, but it's it's definitely on my mind a lot. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot with, with a program that can create pretty competent writing it's not always very good writing but it's you know it's yeah. it's legible it's understandable it's grammatically Pass- correct <laughs> it is generally passable you know if 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 a computer program can make that then my job kind of changes a little bit because i'm not just going to say like oh well you know you need to fix these comma splice errors because otherwise you're going to look like an eight no there's a program that can fix all their comma splice errors if they want to and it's just like a math class that says, oh, well, you can't use your calculator here. What? Because somebody's not going to be able to use their calculator, you yeah. know, at their job. That's yeah. that's that's insane. Right. It's the same kind of thing where it's like, you know, people are coming at it with a lot of critical thinking for certain things, not for everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, you kind of have to I think in our positions, we have to relate to them on that level and say, like, no, I know what you're saying. And then here's how I've thought it through more yeah, yeah, than yeah, yeah. that. Or it's like we require or the generation requires us to give more kind of in-depth, nuanced, thoughtful explanations mm. you to know, things. Th- I don't know if this is furthers what you're trying to say but what you made me think of is that those times where you tell your kid to do something yes and the the response for so many years was well because i'm your parent and i told you so that doesn't work on our generation and the generation younger it's like no like help help me understand it and i've done this for kids before in the past as a youth pastor where they'd come to me and i don't understand why my parent is doing this why they're not letting me do this or do that or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the thing is. And, and I was able to sit with them and say, okay, I understand that you're viewing this this way yes, because you don't see what they see. But let me help you understand that what almost always what a parent does is protect. Yeah. And so here are some possibilities that you don't understand about. Here's something, and this was more recent and a kid said, well, I don't understand why my parent won't let me go over to that house. Mm. And and my mom say, I just I just I just can't today. I'm too tired or I'm too this or too whatever. And, and her thought process was, well, mom, I'm going to be out of your hair. You can mm-hmm. be here by mm-hmm. yourself and you can relax. And what a kid doesn't understand is, is that when you're not home, I'm going to stress. Yeah. I'm going to worry. It's not debilitating. I mean, it can be. Yeah. But it's not debilitating. But there is a level of. I, I can't handle that today. Yeah. And that's hard to explain to a kid. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But but I do think that we have to try to bridge that gap to say, here's why we're doing this the way that we're doing it. And we're not saying that this is a superior way. And I think f- for to, to connect some bridges here, yeah. I think that a lot of us as, as leadership need to be able to be flexible in the future to say, this is why we've done it this way, but it doesn't have to be how we always do it yes but here is here's the pieces that matter so as long as whatever you're going to suggest connects us to those pieces that matter then we can you know move forward i think that's exactly right because i think what what's kind of at least what seems most obvious to me is that even if it's not 
effective in the moment. And I had an experience with Samuel this morning where I was trying to explain something to him in a very logical way, and he just was not having anything of it. He got upset at me. He went to his room. Um, and so <laughs> I, I said to Tara, I was like, I thought I was explaining it to him. I really, I said to her, this is me admitting my my naivete where i said i really thought he would respond better to be explaining this logically <laughs> and she just said i know i know she's like yes you would think that man and uh <laughs> so there was this there was this feeling that i was like you know i know that sometimes it's not going to work but i we i think we still have to do it because i think that's the best way to when they get to the to the age where they don't have to listen to us anymore they still will want to yeah maybe not listen to us, but they'll still value our perspective. They'll still value where we're coming from. Because I think that's the big thing, right? That's always been in the church or in moving from, you know, young adult, you know, that kind of like teenager to young adult phase. That's where, that's just such a pivotal time period, right? And that's where people will will make a lot of the decisions that will guide the course of their lives. It's almost like sometimes there's an assumption that you... You, when you don't understand why somebody's making a decision, you're apt to go to this crazed solution. Oh yeah, that they just are trying to make my life difficult. Yeah, that's yeah. like whoa, whoa, whoa. No, there is no church out there that is that their leadership is having meetings where they're like, okay, <laughs> what can we do to make this person miserable? And, and there's no parents that sit up at night thinking, okay, you know, our daughter has too much freedom. We yeah. need to, we really need to make sure that her life is more miserable. That, that, like, but that's sometimes the leap that happens. Yeah. Right. When you when you can't connect the dots, you fill in the blanks yourself, and sometimes that's a that, that can be a nightmare. Yeah. That's a really that's a really important part too because I think it just kind of speaks back to that that earlier idea that I was kind of fumbling my way through about that is that you know if, if people are sponges for input you know for information and they want to kind of create explanations for things they're storytellers we're all storytellers and we and we can concoct a story very very easily and then that becomes something that that you know sends us off into some strange, some strange behavior, strange actions, you know, strange decisions that we make as a result of that. And we just have to be really mindful of the idea that, you know, with this, potentially this younger generation, there is even more opportunity for that just because they have so many avenues to be able to get into really, I don't know, easy, easy contact with, you know, things that, that would be really, really harmful for them, you know, yeah. and, and in that it's more important than ever for us to be able to, you know, be present and be trustworthy, you know, just just a source that they can trust. And that's that's something I think about even even in silly situations like my my English class. Right. You know, and, and thinking about like, OK, if I've if I have conveyed myself, this actually speaks really well to what you were talking about at the beginning with preaching, too. But if, if I am presenting myself in a certain way with a little bit of extra vulnerability, not like I know all the answers, yeah, yeah, not yeah. like I've figured everything out, not like I'm some sort of like, you know, expert. On, Guru. Yeah, exactly. Right. The, the, the phrase that we talk about in education is the sage on the stage. Right. This idea that it's <laughs> yeah. like I am the, the imwisened, you know, uh, you know 
whatever of uh of of all english and you guys just listen and you'll become great you know if but if i'm like like them exploring and seeking to learn and grow and you know we run into a problem with like well, what should we do about this assignment and i don't necessarily just give them the answer then it's my hope though that they'll they'll come back and they'll say like he's he's a pretty reasonable guy yeah. to go and talk to about this and and maybe they value that perspective i think that's true with what you were saying about preaching too because i think sometimes the fire and brimstone preaching also kind of inevitably presents this kind of like appearance of like i the pastor have figured all of this out yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not struggling anymore, but you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are in trouble. I'm fine. I've figured everything out. You guys are sprinting towards yeah. hell. <laughs> it's like so we'll be we'll be waving at you from heaven. But uh, <laughs> no, and and so it it really is pretty powerful. This this idea that people need to feel like that they can trust the people that that are you know in leadership over them and. And and because of, you know, things that have happened in culture and society, especially American society over the last 50 years, you can say maybe since, I don't know, Nixon or something like that. Yeah. You know, there's just like so much corruption, so little trust in establishments that mm. it's harder to do that. And we we kind of have to take a different approach, less of a know it all approach and more a little bit more personal, a little more vulnerable, perhaps. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> so I, we can we can move on if you want to, um, or you can you can continue. I I, mm-hmm. I kind of want to go back to this to ask you something, and and I'm I've been trying to think about it myself, even though I I you have a little bit more time on this. I had twelve years in in student ministries, mm-hmm. and you know probably two of those were. Um, sullied by COVID, but oh, yeah, as, yeah, as yeah. far as context for the, for the question, but I, I was just curious if there was anything that you've noticed in your tenure as a professor, just maybe some, some differences or changes. Gotcha. Cause I, I'm, I'm assuming that when you started, you were kind of on the back end of millennial and then yeah. now we're kind of through kind of more like mid Gen Z. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, there's a, uh, one of the things that I noticed right away that's kind of relevant to the English discipline is that uh, people don't read anymore. Mm. Um, so you can't necessarily assign a, you know, 10 page article and expect them to read it before, you know, next Tuesday's class or something like that. They just won't read it. And so for the longest time, that's it, interesting. it took me a long time to kind of like reconcile that fact. And then here's the important twist, not necessarily view that as, you know, the degradation of our culture, right? Yes, you know? yes, yes. Because that's powerful. at my first glance, I was like, "Oh, these these dumb, lazy kids don't want to read yeah. anymore. That's that's terrible." Um, you know what's going to happen to our generation? And realize that, well, for one thing, again, this goes back to the instead internet. of reading, listen to a, our podcast. Is there exactly <laughs> right? Yes, that's right. Yes, and hopefully, as I'm playing this for my English 102 class <laughs> on Tuesday, <laughs> Halloween day, they'll be. <laughs> We'll be really enjoying this part. Uh, no class today, guys. We're just listening to the podcast. Um, no, but recognizing that there are multiple ways mm. that what made sense for me as a way to learn, to get information, to Man. gain knowledge, Isn't does that, not have to be the only way to get that. That's such a that is such a powerful truth for for all of us yeah. that we we cannot expect God to move in our lives 
um, or others' lives like he's moved in our lives. Mm-hmm. We can't expect that other people are going to learn the truth of God like we learned. And I think that that it, it moves on to, to just about every every category. I think yeah. that's such a powerful thing. And and I I'm, honestly, I'm you can you can throw me in that you know group that doesn't really read. But the the one thing that I, when you said that is really scary to me is that I I hope that that doesn't lead us to a generation that doesn't read the Word of God. But I do sure. I do have hope because that is the only thing, the only thing that I have ever been able to read consistently, and and some of that is because I just come from the understanding of how important it is in my yeah. life. But and I think that's the really big thing too because it goes back to what we were talking about before. People used to read for their college classes because they were told to, right? Yes. Because yeah, their yeah, professor yeah, yeah. said, you have to read this. There's going to be a quiz or something like that, you know, or you have to read this or else you're not going to know it any other way. But I think if you can make the case like, hey, read this. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Read this. It's going to really help you do this, this, and this. You know, it's yeah. about, it's about again, changing our, yeah. an, our, and connecting our explanations. Them to, the, to the, like, why? Yeah. Yeah, because I think they're just, and and this is true for every generation, I'm sure, you know, it's just they're searching for the reason, you know, why? Why do I need to do this? And, you know, there are just too many options now for the answer to be because I said so, you know. And and to your point, I mean, I I think we got to, we have to keep that in the forefront of our minds as the next generation starts getting more involved in church, because we have to, we have to answer those questions. Why, why should I read the word? Mm -hmm. Why should I pray? Why should I tithe? Yeah. Why, why should I do any of these things? Well, let, let me tell you why, you know, and, and not, all... not just because God said so. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. And the other side, the flip side to that, and this is scary, but also kind of interesting too, right? We have to be really thoughtful and, and look at some of the things. And when they ask, well, why are we doing it this way? The answer can't just be, oh, because that's the way we've always done it, right? You know, yeah. there has to be a reason that's rooted in Scripture, that's rooted in, in like, you know, our our belief system. And, and, you know, not just because, like, well, I mean, I don't know, we always have, we always do church like this. Or we always, we've always had a class, like, that runs at this time or something like that. You know, we've, mm. there, there might be room to innovate there, yeah. but not lose, not lose the, the, yeah. the key component, that focus on God. And I, well, and I, I think, think that's true for some. Isn't that, isn't that the scary part about change and maybe why there is some generational fights in church and universities and, and wherever where we have to come back to the fact that, OK, there is a there is it is possible to make changes without losing sight of purpose. Yeah. Without losing sight of the things that yeah, exactly. the, the goal that we're trying to accomplish. That's the conversation I'm having with some of my um, employees in the English department is that, you know, if we believe that the skills that people learn in English class are important, it shouldn't matter if they're using something like chat GPT, right? You know, we should be able to focus our instruction in a different way because my big belief is that English skills are actually thinking skills. You know, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, that yeah. writing is, is the mechanism that we use to communicate those things, yeah, those cool. thoughts. And so why does it have to be? A five-page essay that we write at the end of the well, semester. Well, and even even I mean, would it? This may be silly. And be like, well, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. But I, you know, sometimes I wonder too if there isn't sometimes that you would have better luck with an online forum mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where kids have a chance to, you know, type out 
you know, their answers to a certain questions yeah. simply because that is just a format that they're more familiar with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, even when I have students in the classroom, we started playing around with more things where they can we can hop onto like a shared Google Doc and we can actually, you know, type out things to yeah. there because it's just a lot of them are so used to to vocalize vocalizing you know with quotation marks their thoughts in that written yeah. format like yeah, yeah, they yeah. would have for a status update so it's all about or evolving. a text message or yeah and some some faculty that i work with that's that seems like insane to them but i'm like it works you know yeah. it gets them thinking about it and then we have a little bit of discussion afterwards but it just kind of gets them going in a yeah, language yeah, yeah. that they're more familiar with. And, and i agree with that. i think it's it's okay to want to stretch them in, in certain ways and yeah. say, okay, I appreciate that that's more comfortable. But I think, like you said, sometimes you have to unlock that yeah. that potential and, and they just have to step into some things that they're not used to and then realize, oh, this isn't, it's not that this bad. is not that yeah. bad. It's not, it's not that different. So. And some of them really come to, to, yeah, like you said, they, they really come to grow and they find that that's, I mean, that's the goal, right? That's the goal of higher education. That's the goal of what we think about at church. It's about growing in our relationship with God. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it is about that balance between stretching and, um, you know, kind of finding that, that starting place that makes sense too. All right. We ready to, I think we're ready. Transition. Yeah. All right, guys, you know what that means. <laughs> it's time for Matters of Faith. Why, Matt? Because faith matters. Guys, he was like, you know, literally winding up as he uh, said that. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> wow, did a, did like a four-point stance, and that's not Yeah, man, four-point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, so today's Matter of Faith is this. Kind of a, a, maybe not a traditional uh, faith kind of question, but something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is, does the evidence of evil also proof or evidence of good? Mm-hmm. Another another question you can you can take this how you want to. If if you're somebody who believes in demonic presence, mm-hmm. should that also mean that you also believe in the opposite, that you believe in some type of good presence, like Jesus, God, however, however you want to define that. Yeah. Uh, same, same, same run of the mill thing here is that if, if you, be, can you, can you believe in Satan and not believe in God? Yeah. Okay. You know, or, just another vein and probably even more important is that if you're experiencing evil or you're experiencing what you would call a demonic presence or influence in your life, does that also prove that, that God's at work too? Yeah. Um, I think that's a, that, that final question is a really, really important one. Very interesting one too. Um, I think it, it, it's kind of it, I hate to I hate to give like the really simple like um yes, yes. <laughs> type <laughs> type answer to it. I was like I feel like Next a, question. such a cop out of, of sorts. I mean cuz some of it is just, you know, my 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 upbringing as it is, certainly being being raised in the church, you know, but it's like, you know, stepping outside of that even there's just there is just so much logic that's involved in it too, right? You know, that there if you, you know, kind of have seen 
what you can really only describe as evil, right? You know, something mm. that seems beyond the capabilities of, you know, human, uh, uh, I don't know, selfishness or, or you know, uh, uh, cruelty or whatever, something that even se- supersedes that. And we have co- countless examples throughout history that demonstrate that. Countless examples I'm sure people have, have felt or seen in their lives or in the lives of their loved ones or anything like that that you can kind of point to, you know, boy, I sure hope that means that there's an existence of, of, you know, that opposite opposing, you know, force that, that good in the world. And for me, that's always made a lot of sense, right? That that has definitely made a lot of sense that there would be, you know, something like the devil would mean that, that, that there is something that the devil is fighting against, right? You know, that we are not left on our own and that there is a God that loves us and would protect us from the devil. Um, yeah, what do you, what do you, you, what do you think? What are some of your ruminations on you, this? Rum, what, a, what a word, mm-hmm. ruminating. I have been ruminating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So let me tell you what I've been ruminating about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what we just talked about this before we we rec- started recording. What is it? Which law is Newton's third law? Yeah, Newton's third law is that there is an equal and opposite. Yeah. reaction to every action or every action has an equal and opposite reaction yeah. however the the wording is yeah that's it it's that, also in hamilton just so oh, you know. <laughs> there you go. So it must be true just gotta um, give you that 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 was just kind of what i was thinking is that is a, a truth that we accept in the physical world and there's just a lot of times that i just wonder if the things that we accept to be true in the physical Ah, world are also true in the spiritual sense and that sometimes the work of Satan, a demon, evil, whatever name you want to give it, it, that work that you sense in your life can be so disheartening. It can be discouraging. It can be frustrating. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and instead of getting lost in that, is there a, a way that we could process that to say, okay, I realize that this is what I'm experiencing right now, but at the very least, this movement of evil in my heart is proof that there is good. Mm-hmm. This this demonic force that is working against me, there is proof that Jesus does exist. Yeah. And, and now I'm left with the faith to choose to believe whether or not Jesus is going to fulfill his promises mm-hmm. and that he's never going to leave me and forsake me, that um, he's faithful to finish the work that he started in me. You know, what, what, whatever those, you know, those, those promises that you can cling to that, that helps. It sounds like this is, this is kind of cool because this has kind of become the part two to the question that we went through uh, a couple of episodes ago, maybe about 10 episodes ago now, but you know, the question, do you believe that Satan is real? Yeah. Right. And if you believe that Satan is real, then can you also believe or not believe that God is real, you know, yeah. and, and I suppose it's possible, but, uh, boy, it's, yeah, it just kind of, you know, it kind of makes you think in those terms, right? You know, it's like you, you are feeling this thing. It is described, you know, you are experiencing it in a way that is maybe very similarly described, or, you know, certainly evokes many of the same things that are described in the Bible or something like that in, in its way. It is like you were suggesting, you know, it is kind of indirectly, uh, 
a really great kind of confirmation of sorts, right? It, it yeah. should, you know, it, once you can get through it, obviously if you're, if you're feeling pressure in a way that feels like it is of the devil or something like that, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're beset on all sides. It can be difficult to, to, you know, find the, you know, the goodness of God in that time, obviously. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like, oh, you know, take heart, you know, you're being persecuted. So that must mean that, you know, great yeah. things are on the, on the, the, the cusp well, for you. But, but, but isn't that what James says? But that's what we like, hope for. Right. You know, that's the, there's that's joy the in trials. Yeah. That's and, the thing where it's like, man, if you can get out, if you can, if you can find that, you know, yeah. mentally as much as anything else, then there, there is, I could see that being very comforting. Right. That well, makes and, a lot of sense. And does Jesus not set us up to cling to that? And when he says, like, listen, the world hated me. Right. Yes. And so if if you follow me, the world's going to hate you, too. It's going to be bad. Yeah. Like it, it, in this world, like we I'm, will have trouble. Right. Yeah. And and part of the reason you're going to have troubles because there's a, a force that's 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 fighting against me that, you know, the good news is that force won't win, mm-hmm. even even though it doesn't always feel like that's the truth yeah right right i mean that's 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 what faith is right faith is believing that god is is going to have the final say yeah regardless of whether or not you you know we can't see it but we 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 believe it yeah yeah i i i don't know i i think for me it's so easy to get trapped and focused on the negative Mm-hmm. And I think that this is just one of those ways that you can kind of, you know, use almost use it against Satan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to say, OK, Satan, you're working in my life, but I'm going to use your work in my life to remind me of of a God that loves me. Yeah. And, and that it's it's going to regardless of what happens to me here on this earth. I believe that he has prepared a place for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so my hope is not in my circumstances. And so Satan's Satan's work almost always has to deal with our circumstances, which is interesting because God's work has to do with our eternity. Yeah, that's cool. And so Satan, cool. Satan works in the temporary, but God works in the eternal. Yeah. And so sometimes I think that's what creates that sense of like, Man, it just feels like God doesn't care. It's like, mm, I, I get how you feel that way. Sure. It yep. makes sense to feel that way. But at the same time, we have a God that cares more about what matters more. Right. It's, and I think that that's just hard for us because even though this life is just a, 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 a flash, Yes. A, a blimp in the a blimp a, bl- a blip a blimp it's I love not that. A, it's not a blimp it's just there, there it is floating <laughs> by there it is oh there's no the, oh no it's the, the hindenburg oh no guys <laughs> <laughs> it's just a blip in our in in the you know the context of e- like whatever whatever yeah. whatever you want to call it right e- whatever eternity, eternity um, how to define uh, that yeah yeah like what what's the symbol the eight that's turned sideways? Oh, know. infinity. Infinity, yeah. And yeah. in, in the in the eyes of infinity, yeah. It, it's just a, it's just a moment, and so it 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 just doesn't feel that way when we're here yeah. on Earth. And it and it's one of those things that I think 
boy, that's a challenge, right? It's it's a challenge not to be so, just so caught up in the uh, in the immediate, right? Our immediate circumstances, um, and in that way, yeah, it's a really good yeah. question. One one that I, you know, the more that I think about, the deeper and deeper I get I get into thinking about it. It's, yes, it, I think that's really cool to think about it in those terms too. That that can be affirming in its own way. It can I won't say comforting exactly, but it can be in its own kind of indirect way, reassuring, or I don't know, uh, just, just illuminating. Yeah. 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 Well, final thoughts? No. <laughs> I have no final thoughts. I got two. You got two? All right. What do you got, man? Okay. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Well, technically, I have one final thought. Oh, okay. Well, and I guess I, that's true. And then yeah. I have a joke. It would be impossible to have two final thoughts. Yeah, one uh, of them has to be final. Yeah, that's, that is very true. Thank you for <laughs> clarifying. One of them is a joke that I made up this week, and I want to read it to you. Okay, uh, And live on, on air. Well, obviously, it's not live for the people who are listening. <laughs> live the tape. It's live. Yeah, it's live for us. I don't know us. what that means, but that's Yeah, not. who knows. Go ahead. And see if I can get a quality quality laugh okay so you know you don't have to laugh for my sake okay, okay. All, our, right. all right our friendship can stand the test of you not laughing okay <laughs> oh, no. but uh no it's okay it's a it's a it's a bible joke too kind of okay but, all right so earlier we, we were talking about fear-based and i just had this thought and it didn't really connect with the topic at hand and not like that's ever stopped us before, but <laughs> I thought I'd just wait and, and talk about it at the end. But like when you take God out of his commandments, like they don't have anything to stand on. Oh yeah. So like we, we were talking about like fear-based tactics yep. in the sense of saying, well, if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen to you. And it's like, God doesn't, operate that way in the yeah. sense like God operates says don't do this because this could happen to you and that's not what you want yeah and there's a better way man but if if God doesn't exist but I still want to keep his commandment then it really loses its power yep. because it like then what's the purpose mm-hmm. why why shouldn't I um do this yeah no, everything st- then, you know, and this is how you get into things like about, you know, these more like nihilistic mindsets or whatever. Right. You know, it's survival of the fittest at that part or at that point. Right. You know, yeah. it's like kind of like, I mean, you know, yeah, OK, maybe I shouldn't kill. But then again, if I'm stronger, if I'm better, you know, shouldn't I just Why take not? whatever I want? Shouldn't yeah. I just have, you know, shouldn't I establish a, a, a kingdom of some sort? You know, Dominance. Like, why not? You yeah. know, uh, that's yeah, that's pretty powerful. But I just. I just wonder if a, a lot of the stuff we do is that we, not necessarily as Christians, but just I was thinking about my experience as a childhood, is that so much of our education was used used to be, it was birthed out of the Bible, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Like the foundation of this country and the foundation of education in this country was birthed from the Bible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we've we've walked away from that foundation at least in the sense of this didn't come from God, like it didn't come from God, you know, and, and his laws and what we base our, you know, the yeah. foundation okay. of society on. But we like these things because these things, we they lead to a quality society. So we're still going to enforce some of these rules and some of these ideas, but it has nothing to do with God. It's gotcha. just, it's just the rules of society. And it's like, well, 
then like to your point, what then why? Yeah. Right. You know, God's the one that I think gives us the purpose that gives us the why, you know, when he says don't have sex before marriage, there's a reason. Yeah. That's a really powerful thing because, you know, I think that's been replaced by this kind of like generalized idea of this kind of thing that they call like the social contract. Right. It's been, and and for somebody that is just really, I don't know, in a bad a bad state or just, you know, has had a terrible life or whatever. The social contract is not enough because they don't like the way that the world is, you know. So there's something very powerful about the idea that, you know, just this kind of like unspoken agreement. Yeah, we don't kill each other. We don't steal from each other or whatever or else you're going to get, you know, or that you'll have to deal with these penalties or something. That's not that's not sustainable. Yeah. That's not sustaining. Because eventually know? somebody's going to ask yeah. why. Yeah. And if yeah. there's no quality answer for why, then. Yeah. Whatever. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah, well, that's a cool. All right. You ready for this? I, I don't see how I can be, but bring it on. <laughs> What did the sweet potato say to Jesus? I don't know what. I am what I am. <laughs> oh man, that's a Will Hebner original. <laughs> feel feel free to tell all your friends. And they may not be your friends anymore. <laughs> I got more of a laugh than I thought I would. And I don't know if it, it's not a pity laugh. But it I just it. need to. I'm just like. <laughs> I'm still trying to process it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's obviously a hilarious pun, but I do that thing sometimes where I, I kind of want to yes and it a little bit, but I'm yeah. just like, no, it's just too ridiculous. Is, it's yeah, like, it's ridiculous. just amazing. <laughs> oh, man. And that's why we are professional disasters. <laughs> Thank you so much. We love you. Have a great week, everybody. Peace.